My name is Vils. I'm Sydney, Australia. Grew up in a suburb called Mascot. Back then, you know, growing up Mascot, like literally in the, right next to the airport, you know. Um, but yeah, like so, sort of just growing up there, we're always like hanging around, you know, just Islanders and Tongans especially, you know. But through all of that, high school and that, you know, started smoking, drinking inside school, whatever, you know. You know, following footsteps of other mates, you know, a few family members here and there. So I started joining up. Uh, joined up in a couple of uh, bikey gangs and things like that. So it was, I think it was a lot of pressure on me at the time, being the eldest in the family and being married, having, you know, my parents' first grandkids. That, that's when I sort of, uh, I thought to myself, I had to grow up here and look after my family first instead of instead of worrying about myself and my needs first. Man, am I going to take more or am I just going to stay like this? So obviously you're going to want to take more just to get that feeling back, you know? So yeah. Yeah, bro, it was hard. All that talk to my gang pull up when we pull up and they all dead. Sweet. Sweet. Yo, it's your boy King Dave here, and this is the Felon Show. Hope all is going well. I got my Doko Vils on today, man. How about you introduce yourself, bro, and where you're from, cuz? Easy, easy. My name is Vils. Um, Sydney, Australia. Grew up in a suburb called Mascot. Actually, uh, living down in uh, another Sydney suburb called Motta with my wife and five kids. But um, yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, nah, the pleasure is mine, brother. The pleasure is mine. So um, the Docoville here, he's doing a lot of positive things, man. Um, as you can see, he's rocking the merch there. Um, yeah. Fuck suicide, got your back, poly kids, man. So he's doing a lot in the mental health scene, man. He's uh, doing the righty. So, well, he's a boxer as well, man, as you can tell by the guns there. Keeps <laughs> 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 them loaded. But um, to start us off, man, I mean, now, so where'd you grow up, bro? Like, um... So I've, I've always grown up in Sydney, man, you know, like uh, with myself, a uh, Tongan background, but I was born in Australia. Man, love Australia, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a suburb called Mascot, man. Like all the the community and the culture down there was so perfect for us growing up, man. So my grow my upbringing was pretty cool, man. Um, nothing hard, you know. Besides, you know, just being with the family, you know, and I was surrounded by family around Mascot area, um, extended family and friends, you know, that we also called family as well. So it was pretty close knit community down there. Yeah, like literally in the right next to the airport, you know. Um, but yeah, like so, sort of just growing up there, we're always like hanging around, you know, just Islanders and Tongans, especially, you know. But you know, going to schools and stuff, we also mixed up with different races, and mixing up with those different races was like it made the made the suburbs so close. You know, there were times that there was racial fights and things like that, but at the end of the day, we always used to still come together as one, you know, and just be peaceful about it. But oh, yeah. um, yeah, bro. So, um, I mean, coming up there, um, so what was sort of like your uh, teenage years and um, all of that like, bro? Did you sort of um, do the straighty 180 and sort of, um, did you have good role models and things like that? Or were you playing up on the streets a little bit? Or Nah, bro, me, I was pretty gutless when I was a kid. I was scared, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, yeah, bro, my, my old man, you know, like, um, and my mom, they they always put us into line and things. So my upbringing was pretty, it was good. You know, and I'm not I'm not here to say that I had a tough one. I had a good um, um, upbringing. You know, I'm the oldest of uh, six kids, you know. So I've got siblings, who's, a few of them still live at home. But um, we were always close together with, um, yeah, when we were, you know, when we were together, we were always close as. Um, but with my parents and stuff, um, very strict with our, with our beliefs, you know, as Christians and stuff. So I always grew up through church. Um, things like that. 
Um, role models. There's no, it wasn't too many out there for me besides uh, my old man. You know, he um, man juggling a lot of jobs to keep us in this country, man. Like them being overstays. Uh, never got their papers till like year 2000, 2001. So just as I was sort of starting high school, you know. Uh, dad's from Malfunga, my mum's from Malapo. So at that time, man, we were just, didn't really move around, but like they were just always moving jobs, you know, so to speak. They, weren't, they couldn't have permanent jobs because they had no papers or nothing. So constantly, you know, working different jobs here and there just to make ends meet for us at home. And they were also hard, trying to hide all of that stuff. But like, you know, me being the eldest, looking after my brothers and sisters since the age of eight, nine years old, you know, just, you know, my uncles and aunties in and out of the house, making sure we're, you know, we're okay and things, you know. So, but yeah, my biggest role model is my old man. His work ethic was just, he's just savage, bro. Even till now, he's still working now, you know, travelling all the way from, um, travelling all the way from um, Campbelltown area and, you know, driving all the way to the Shire every day, not missing out a day of work, you know, so... Yeah, my old man, you know, he's a, he's a good role model for me, you know, and hopefully for me to keep that up and hopefully I'll pass that on to my kids. Yeah, man, most definitely, yeah. man. Nah, I'm sure you are, brother, with all the good work you're doing at the moment, man. Appreciate um, it, bro. So what sort of, um, were there many challenges, bro, growing up in the area before you grow up? It was, up? bro. Um, the, the biggest challenge for me was, like, you know, obviously growing up in a home of, of Christians and stuff and trying to keep that um, straight path. But I had a few boys that I went to church with that um, that didn't sort of keep that straight path, you know. So I knew what they were getting up to outside of church and outside of school and things like that. And they weren't, like, trying to force me in anything, which was the great thing. But me always feeling the need because they're my mates and my boys and they're through church and school and whatever, I always felt like I needed to fit in. So I always tried to try and do stuff with them just to – you know, just to make myself feel that I fitted in. But they accepted me for whoever I was, if you sort of understand what I mean. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, after like sort of seeing the stuff that they were getting into and getting into trouble and shit, I I knew it wasn't worth it. So didn't bother trying no more, you know, and yeah, try to keep a straight path from then on. And um, yeah, just try to stay with 40, especially like, uh, like all Pacific Islanders try to do. And, um, you know, my, my dad's family, my mom's family love their rugby. You know, we grew up playing rugby ourselves and we love it. Uh, yeah, so through all of that, high school and that, you know, started smoking, drinking inside school, whatever, you know. And, you know, outside of uh, finishing all of that, kept going, you know, just kept doing it. Still try to keep up with footy and stuff, um, which was all right. And then it just got to the point where I was just, it wasn't enough for me. I wanted, I wanted something more, so I, I didn't know where else to look instead of, you know, following footsteps of other mates, you know, a few family members here and there. So I started joining up, uh, joined up in a couple of uh, bikey gangs and things like that. So, and yeah, you know, like at the time I got married, you know, I was already married, had my, my uh, eldest three at the time. Um, wasn't really knowing what I was looking for at the time, you know, just wanted to get in, um, yeah, and just, and just do something. That's pretty much all I was doing was just getting in there just for the sake of getting in and doing whatever. Um, it didn't didn't last long, you know. It was just I sort of just seeing stuff that I didn't really like. Um, sure. Wasn't their sort of way of living or anything like that with whatever code they had, but it was more of like whatever code they did have, no one really stuck to it. And that wasn't my saying, you know. If I've got a code, I'm going to stick to it 100%. I was never going to back down from that. 
Um, so when I did so see things like that, I, just, I sort of knew it wasn't I wasn't going to fit right in there. So I tried. I got out when I could and learned a lot from it, man. I learned a lot from it. So yeah. Um, but to be honest, I've never been in trouble with the law with anything, man. Been pulled up for stupid stuff, but other than getting arrested, doing time or whatever, you know, never did that. Yeah. But till this day, I, I do get pulled up, and the majority of the time, it's just because of the way I look. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, even going to job interviews here and there, they're the first thing they ask me, oh, have you been to jail? Have you done time? Do you have a criminal record? Whatever, you know. So, and that's only because of my appearance. It's not yeah, of yeah. what I'm actually telling them. So, um, other than that, bro, it's it's been okay. It's been good, you know. It's just been the past two to three years has has been my most um my my biggest battles you know fighting my own demons and things like that that's been my toughest and my biggest battles ever yeah yeah i mean um well going back a little bit so um yeah so you got caught up with some clubs and that um started living that life um like, do, do you mind touching on sort of demons you were facing at that time, brother, to sort of um, lead you lead you into that? Um, so back then, you know, like it was, I think it was a lot of pressure on me at the time, being the eldest in the family, being married, having, you know, my parents' first grandkids, living after my parents' roofs and also living under my wife's parents' roofs as well. So just in, in you know, my wife's um, relationship with my family, hasn't been hasn't been the best and it still isn't the best you know um since day one and i think i only also did it to sort of get away from all of it as well which was the main reason um yeah, that reason though. yeah bro yeah so just being away the boys hanging out getting on the piss you know parties whatever doing whatever we wanted uh, that you know just not having all of the problems at home and that that i should have dealt with um just not being in my head at the time, you know. So I think it was more of a getaway thing than anything else. And it, it yeah. is for so many people, man, and like that uh, similar position, you know what I mean, that are getting involved in clubs at the moment. That's yeah. just such a common story, isn't it, brother? You know what I mean? It is, bro. I'm trying to escape from the home life a lot of the time, you know, pressures of home life. So how long were you sort of affiliated in that life, bro? Like how long did it take you to sort of step away and things? I wasn't in there long, and it wasn't in there long, you know. Spent uh, with one club, so we spent about what nine months, and then got out, and then tried to get back in another couple of clubs, and then just, you know, just got out of that. And I just, after that, I was just like, yeah, it's not my scene. It never was, and it never will be. It was just yeah, one no. of those, just, just wanted to be with a few people just to step away from home. But obviously, I was looking for those people in the wrong places. And it was so, uh, yeah, so what sort of uh, led to uh, stepping away fully, bro, from all of that stuff? That, that's when I sort of, uh, I thought to myself I had to grow up here and look after my family first instead of, instead of worrying about myself and my needs first. Um, you know, my kids were getting older. They started noticing I wasn't home enough. Yeah. Um, and I started noticing cops and stuff were coming around more often and asking questions, you know, and... You know, having to, thinking that I had to protect my kids from that, I had to lie to them. And if I was going to lie to them about that sort of stuff, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to start lying to them a lot more often. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was always my kids is the reason why I got away from it. Um, and that's what I should have used in the first place, you know. But 
you know, everything goes, everybody goes through things and, and learn from that. And that's what I've done. You know, I've learned from that. And that's the reason why I did step away was realizing my kids had to come first besides my own needs. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So where did the life path I head from there, brother? Um, after that. So, so leaving all of that, I got a lot more peace of mind, you know, just, um, um, but after, you know, leaving all of that behind, I found more time for, for myself, for the gym. And then I found a bit of time to hang with the kids here and there, you know, besides that, it was just, it was more a lot of stuff at home with my wife and, you know, and things like that. Just, just trying to sort out our own problems and things like that. I just didn't know, I still didn't know how to deal with it. So my first thought was always getting angry, raising my voice, swearing and stuff, you know, and obviously it didn't help the situation. So, um, yeah, and then I just started getting into this sort of period where, like, I started just not wanting to be at home anymore, but just wanting to be at work. So I started working a lot more hours and things like that, and I still wasn't happy about it, so... Um, I started going back to the way I was feeling before, you know, was feeling a bit down, looking for an escape place to be, and I still couldn't find it. Yeah. So, yeah, bro. Uh, where did you end up finding it, brother? Like, um, from there? Um, so, we, with all of that, like, I found it through more drugs, man, and alcohol. Yeah. So, so without, um, the, without the bikey stuff this time. Yeah, bro, without them, you know, I had a you know, few boys that were still, you know, talking worth and stuff, doing doing their own thing, reaching out to them for a few things. And, yeah, you, before you know it, I was just I was just drugged every day, alcohol every day, you know, and just trying to – so by the time I get home, all I have to do is shower, go to sleep, don't have to deal with nothing, you know. But, um, yeah, it didn't happen, you know. I was coming home, always, me always causing arguments and starting more. Just never trying to finish it and trying in a way of resolving any of those arguments or problems that I was bringing home in a way. So, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, looking back at it, you know, obviously me feeling down and whatever, I wasn't realizing that I was taking my wife and kids down with me. So, yeah, but um, in this sort of situation, I just I felt like I needed it all the time, and that's the only reason why. I I took it because I just felt that need to take it to just to feel different about myself, just to have a different feeling about what I was thinking. And I, and I looked at those sort of things. I looked at drugs and alcohol for that to yeah, sort of give me that different feeling. Yeah, I've been um, there too, brother. Been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's that feeling, man, at the time you just not wanting to think about anything. It felt great. You know, it always felt great. Yeah. But then, you know, when all of that stuff wears off and then reality hits, yeah, you're, you're, you're just more lost than ever. You don't know what to do. You're just frozen in that time and things, just thinking, man, am I going to take more or am I just going to stay like this? So obviously you're going to want to take more just to get that feeling back, you know? So, yeah, yeah bro, it was hard. Uh, so, um, I mean, how was your wife uh, during all of this, bro? You know what I mean? Like, um, so are you still with your wife now? The same I'm woman. still with my wife, yeah, bro. Yeah. So she's a blessing, so, huh? She's a blessing. Bro. <laughs> Man, it's funny, like, with all the boys through church that got into stuff, that did time and stuff, they were the ones from day one that told me, she's a keeper, brother, she's yeah. a keeper. You know, and until this day, bro, I still tell those boys, go, I still remember those words you guys keep telling me that she's a keeper and fucking life, man. She's yeah, a fucking, fucking keeper. Life, bro. Yeah. yeah, bro, you know, like, they saw something in her that my family didn't see. 
And obviously I saw something in her that, you know, I, I never knew that she had either, you know. But yeah. now, bro, to be honest, for, uh, to kill for and to die for, bro, that's what, <laughs> you know, that's why, that's me for them, you know. So, yeah, my bro. Yep. Yeah, bro. So, but, uh, so um, what, what sort of got you um, off the drugs that time, brother? You know what I mean? Um, um, so I, I did it for a while, bro. And at that time, I didn't actually realise. You weren't doing crime or nothing, how you were just working. And nah. Just- yeah, also, I just, yeah. Similar yeah. to me, man, even when I finished all the crime stuff and uh, the criminal stuff, I was still depressed as, bro, you know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Still fucking, I was working every day, but drinking every day, man, drugs, yeah. you know what I mean? Just, yeah, real similar, brother, real similar. So, yeah, so what sort yeah. of um, took you out of that, brother? So, what took me out of that was, uh, so obviously me not knowing that I was going downhill and things like that, I just... I just thought it was me, you know, just wanting all these things and just just wanted that feeling. But I didn't realise that, um, you know, knowing that I, I actually didn't know I was depressed. And I did, at the time, I didn't actually think to myself, like, me having suicidal thoughts back then, I just thought it was just me thinking bullshit, you know. I didn't actually think um, anything like that. But then, you know, coming to terms with it all and speaking out about it now was because my wife and kids sat me down one day and um, and actually break, broke down. Like, I've never actually seen my wife and kids so sad and crying. So it, it just seemed like it was like someone, like I died. I actually sat there for the first time in a long time and, and listened to my wife and kids telling me what I was getting up to, what I was doing, how I was reacting and acting towards them and my own family, um, acting towards people in public, you know, and... Uh, and I just thought to myself, oh, man, like I, I never, actually, I've never been that type of person. You know, I've always been a loving and caring person, but then, you know, when shit goes down, I'm, I'm, I'm a different person, you know. But just to go out and want to do, try and start anything just for the sake of doing it for no reason, it's not, it's not me. Um, so seeing my wife and kids tell me that, like, you really, really break me, eh? But them saying, you know, but you're not yourself. You know, the kids don't even want to spend time with you anymore because you're just this different person. You don't sit with them after when you get home from work. You just you just come home, drop your bag off, go across the road and buy a case, you know, and then just and just go back in the room and, you know, and drink and do whatever you want to do in there. But um, whenever they try to talk to you, you brush them off. You just say, like, you know, I was ignoring my kids, you know, and then and to be a father, you can't do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, bro, and you know, after that day, I I, I didn't know what to do besides break down and cry. But you know, yeah. I, I literally broke down and cried to my kids, and I apologized, and I apologized that much. I did not know what else to do. So I would they I was cornered. I cornered myself in a way. The only way to to fix myself and and fix the relationship with my wife and kids was to keep listening. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, listen to my wife, listen to my kids. Um, and all she said was, you know, the first step we can do is just get help for you and see and go from there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me loving my wife and kids so much, I wasn't going to say no. So I was like, yeah, man, next day we'll go see my family doctor. Diagnosed me with uh, depression and all of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so from that day it was practically just been fighting ever since, fighting my mental demons and just fighting for myself to keep my wife and my kids happy. And that's, yeah, till this day, bro, it's, 
um, yeah, it's it's hard to sort of think about those uh, those times, uh, but it is it, it's made me the person who I am today. You know, a uh, mentally stronger person. Um, I don't have to be physically strong to be here for my wife and kids. You know, mm-hmm. so and I, to me, it's it's not just me doing this battle on my own. My wife and kids have helped me through every step. If you know what I mean, like, so. fuck, man, that's inspirational, brother. Fuck, what a story, man. Thanks, Honestly, bro. bro, fuck yeah, man. Um, and I can relate, bro. You know, what I mean, I can completely relate to you, man. And yeah, a lot of people can, bro. It's heartbreaking how many people are going through the shit, eh, man, right now. Yeah, bro. You know, especially our people, man. Pacific Island people, man. They're going through the ringer. A lot of them, man. Fuck. Oh, sorry. We we get people messaging us left, right, and center. You know. Uh, All I can tell them is that you know I'm not, I'm not, I'm no professional, and I'm not a qualified professional to give them advice about anything, about any exercises. And I'm not even, a, I'm not a qualified PT, I'm not a qualified counselor, whatever, you know. But all I can give is my ears and my shoulder. If you need it, bro, I'm there. That's all you um, need, Baba. You know, never mind the qualified yeah. and the papers and all of that. Eh? Yeah, bro. The same, bro. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we're more. Than Man, you can be as qualified as you want. Sit yeah. in an office and just twinkle those fingers. But if you ain't eight, if you're not out there making a big difference for anybody else, uh, those qualified papers don't mean shit. Man. Yeah, My yeah, page man. isn't there for for other people to jump on there and ask me to be an ambassador for their brand or you know yeah. me wanting free stuff yeah, and exactly, nothing like man. that, bro. I'm grateful exactly. and and I'm grateful for what I've got now, you know, and I'm happy with what I've got now. I don't need anything extra. If anything extra does fall on my lap, it's a blessing, bro. Mm-hmm. I'll be always grateful for it, but I'm not going to go out there and ask for it just to just to look in a certain way for other people. You know, I'm just going to be me, and and if and being me is is enough for my wife and kids, that's all that matters. Yeah, no, fuck, yeah. mad love and respect, brother, maddest love. So I mean, so yeah, we'll go on to that, brother. So um, explain the page, man. Explain your on um, the clothing brand and um, so it's Poly Kids, yeah. Yeah, so my wife's little business is called Poly Kids. Yeah, um, you know, I, I help her out here and there, just handle some stuff on uh, social media and things like that. But to be honest, all the hard work is what she does, man. The sewing, the printing. Here and there, it's it's all my wife. You know, I get all the credit because I look after social media. <laughs> but you know, I, I keep telling her, I go, look, if I was, she's not that she doesn't, she's not that type of person to be on social media, yeah, and that's yeah. the reason why I take over. You know, but I just tell her, I go, man, if if um if people actually know the actual hard work that she puts in, you know, like people, a lot of people think we make a living off this thing. Mm. Uh, bro, we we just we barely make ends meet with the job that I do and what she does here, and the reason why like we don't charge as much because we want to make it affordable affordable for people, mm. um, you know. But like the main the main reason why she started this is because of our kids, um, you know. Obviously, she's uh, white Australian, my wife, and myself being a Tongan uh, background. And realised herself um, growing up through school and things like that, um, a lot of the half Polynesian kids wasn't getting recognised for that. She started making clothes for them here and there, teaching herself how to sew and things. Um, and they just all escalated from there. People out on the streets asking, oh, where'd you get that? Where'd you buy that? And, you know, my wife saying, oh, I made it for my kids because they're half Tongan, you know, my husband's Tongan. 
and everyone thinks my wife, my kids are just uh, white Australians because of the color of their skin, but they're actually half Tongan. Uh, her name's Nicole. Nicole. So much love yeah. to Nicole, man. Far out. Awesome. Thanks, brother. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so when did the sort of mental health um, shoots and all of that, the whole suicide thing, when did that enter the picture, bro? So that sort of entered the picture when I was still, um, you know, fighting my demons fresh. You know, um, she was with me by my side every day and she still is now. Um, so all, all these shirts sort of came out. Um, she wanted to sort of um, get people to recognise it because she knows that the people that are going through it, it's the people closest to them as well that are, are also being affected. So as myself, you know, fighting through uh, mental health and that, um, you know, her always being there every day, my kids being there every day, they were being affected by it as well. Um, so she thought, you know, why not start making some shirts and just so she just made shirts for herself in a way, you know, um, just to let people out there to just let people out there know that like her business is um, just raising awareness for it. That was it. it. We weren't even thinking of selling shirts for anything. Yeah. Um, so she started making shirts and stuff. We wore it out doing grocery shopping and things like that. And it just got to the point where there was just so many people out there asking about it and just praising her for her work and what she's doing um, doing uh, with all of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, so it, it, was, it started from there. And then as soon as all of these COVID stuff hit, um, it, I, I realised a lot of people were coming out on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, worrying about everybody else's mental health and things, you know, and then that sort of push-up trend went around 25 push-ups every day from, you know, yeah. from mental health. It's yeah, no, during I COVID, it you know? Because that was when I, that was actually when I uh, came across you guys and, yeah, man, I just knew you guys were different, you know, you guys were the real deal, so I bought a shirt straight away, man. Fucking knife. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, because that was a thing. It was like, the reason why I do say the trend is because no one is doing it now. Yeah, no one is doing it. And that's the whole reason why I came up with this show is because people will be telling other people say, um, fuck suicide, um, 25 push-ups for mental health every day, whatever. And it was good. Like everybody was doing it. But, you know, and then it's like after COVID sort of died down a bit and everybody mm. was going back to their normal lives and going back to work, nobody cared about it anymore. And I just thought, nah, you can't. You're, you're, that mental health fights you every day, no matter where the fuck you are, whether you're locked up at home, whether you're at work, whether you're down at the park, whether you're in the gym, it's there every day, you know. And there are people out there that do want to help you fight those battles. And I'm one of those people, you know. So, um, And that's the reason why I came up with this show. And the reason why I've got got your back on it is like, for me to say, fuck suicide. I got suicide back by living my life and I'm still here today living my life with my wife and kids. That's um, another reason I love the shirts, man, because it's just simple and it's just, bro, that's that's the whole thing yeah. right there, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck suicide and we got your back. You know what I mean? Simple yeah. as that. I've, I've had a lot of requests to uh, um, people asking me if I, can, if I can change it. And I said, like, you can't change this. And they mm. asked why. And I said, because this is my reason. It's not your reason. If you want a reason, you can make your own shirt. But this is my reason. You're not going to buy my shirt and, 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 and want to ask me to change the way I see this and the way that I want to live this. You know, this is the way I saw it and this is the way I'm going to live it. 
is keep fighting back, keep having other people's back, fighting these battles. I'm not going to change it because you're not happy with the fuck on it. You're not gonna, I'm mm. not going to change it because you're not happy with the colour of my shirt or the colour of that. I go, this was because of me. And I'm going to keep doing it because of me. I mean, yeah, um, every day is a battle still, eh, brother? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they fall back into it because they think they've beaten it. You know what I mean? When they haven't, yeah. they get hit, they get hit with something hard. And then they fall back into that depression again because they thought they beat it. But I mean, you know, every day is a battle, man. Every day you got to be armed. You got to be ready mentally. Yeah, that's that's um, that's that's very true, man. Because you know, I, I had a fight um, a few months ago, um, you know, a, a boxing match, and you know, I, I didn't come out. I, you know, I didn't I didn't get the win, and you know, and I just thought to myself straight away as soon as I finished that fight, I grabbed grabbed my mouth guard, and then I just walked off. I didn't speak to my coach, didn't say nothing to nobody, not even my wife. I went straight back to the change room and, and started bawling my eyes out. And the first thing that came to my mind was my kids. Um, the reason why I, did, I, I bawled my eyes out, not because of my loss, I bawled my eyes out because I didn't want to come home and, and tell my kids I lost another fight. It was scary. It was, scary. It, was, it was nothing like that. I came home and my kids was just like, who cares, Dad, you know, like, that doesn't matter as long as you're here and you're happy and you're still going to keep doing it. Even if you did lose, it doesn't matter. Hey. And I was like, yeah, no, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep training until my coach tells me I can't fight no more because I'm an old bastard, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep fighting. So is there many government services that are, um, you know, putting in work, I guess, over there? Oh, bro, to be honest, I haven't heard nothing, eh? Nothing. I've seen a few billboards here and there, but that's only because of during this COVID lockdown stuff. But yeah. other than that, you don't, man, you don't hear or, um, you know, or know anybody out there, or, or for me especially, I don't know anybody out there saying that the government reached out to them, saying that they're helping them in any way because of my mental. No, nothing like that, bro. I guess well, what's the sort of plans around this? Um, you know, you and with you and Nicole, like, um, where do you guys sort of see yourselves going from here? So from here, we've sort of just uh, we've reached out to a youth worker, um, and she she goes around to a, a couple of schools around the area and does a little youth program with them um, once every week. Yep. So yeah, she reached out to us, and you know we did all the checks, everything everything came back. So we're we've got our foot in the door to actually. So we're actually volunteering our time, man. So we're not yeah, getting yeah. paid for nothing like this. And, you know, we are, you know, me and Nicole put our hands up that we want to volunteer our time and take a day, uh, an hour out of our day once a week just to go and, and, and just meet these kids, you know. It doesn't have, they don't have to talk about anything, but I do want to go and, and share my story and let them know that, you know, as a, a lot of people out there think I'm this tough looking bloke but inside I'm just you know I'm just this kind hearted person that just wants to help you out no matter what man I've got like about five six um, teenagers who just finished high school you know last year that I just met at the gym you know and even them they just come past and I let them meet my wife ask for a few tips here and there on how to do some gym stuff and you know that's how I love it I love it like that man you know just having these young kids you know just wanting to learn stuff and they're not hesitating to ask me or ask anybody for help. And that's that's how we should be all the time. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, um, in closing up, brother, like, um, do you sort of got any messages for, um, you know what I mean, any brothers or sisters out there that were where, where you were, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
you know, caught up with the drugs, maybe messing around in clubs and things just to escape, you know, their realities yeah. and things. Like, um, what's your advice to them, bro? You know what I mean? To sort of get them out of that rut. Oh, man. Like, for me personally, my message will be to, you know, before you do touch those things and before you go out elsewhere to look for those um, certain things or certain people to think that you need to get away from it, sit down, you know, have a think to yourself um, what it is you really want and what it is you really need um, and go from there. But to be honest, the, the, the people that love you most is the people that's going to be there. Mm. You know, and if they're real, if you're real with them, they'll be real with you 100%. And obviously I, I did it the hard way. Um, I, I am, in a way, I am grateful I did it the hard way because I really think I did need that kick in the butt to actually realise that. So, um, you know, find, find those people. Um, you don't have to find those things to get that feeling you want. Um, you'll find that within yourself. Um, but, yeah, like, they just, if you, if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, you just find the person that you think loves you the most and just reach out. You know, the, the toughest thing you can do is speak up, you know, is speak yeah, exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, because it ain't weak up. to speak, that's for sure. Yeah, brother, it ain't weak to speak, man. I've seen that. Um, So you're a bit of an actor now. You can add an actor to the resume now. <laughs> so I've seen your NRL, yeah. your NRL commercial, man. That was good, brother, on that mental health. Um, yeah, bro, that yeah. was a blessing for that. Yeah, man. how was that, that man? How did that go? Bro, it was, it was a mean experience, mean experience. You know, the, you know, the money was great. But to be honest, like, I'll do it for free. Yeah, That's well, how much it means to me, bro. And, you know, I met an ex-NRL player who used to play for Canberra who actually runs that uh, with another Tongan girl, which was, like, I was grateful. They actually chose me to do it. Yeah. Um, and when I did do it, man, like, I, I actually shared my story with everybody, but the producers, the directors, the agency, whatever, you know. And I'm still getting messages from them today. You know, saying we still mm. can't believe what you went through and the story you told us. It's just amazing. And we're just grateful that we had someone like you that actually went through that, knowing what it's like to, to actually be that, be the face of it, you know. And I just keep telling them, I go, whenever you guys need anybody else to do that, by all means, give, reach out to me, man. I'll do it for free. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, do you guys have a website too, bro, for Poly Kids? You still eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the the so it's on my it's on my Instagram account, uh, Vils, but uh, we've got an Instagram account as well for our business, just Polykids, and the website link is just on there, bro. So give it a click, check it out. The mental health teas, we've chucked it all online as well, um, just because we just had a few problems with our account, people trying to steal money out of it. Um, so yeah, that's why we sort of changed it up, and now we've got to put it online. So yeah, so it's there for everybody to go for a bit. Sweet. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave the link in the description. I'll leave the doc or his Instagram account, Polly Kids. I'll leave the website in the um description as well, man. So definitely cop yourself a team, man. I'm um, gonna show some love, so show some support. And um, fuck, much love to you, Doko. But uh, much love to Nicole too, man. Big shout out to Nicole for all the works that she's doing. And thank um, you, my brother. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Uh, peace out, my bro. Uh, much love, double man. Take care.